Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of We'll See You in Hell, now hosted on the HeadGum Podcasting Network. Look, I could bend your ear off all day, folks, but it really seems like we should get on with the show. And in the meantime, on with a joke. I kind of miss the, the high pitch ones now. I know you're trying to diversify it. I know. I don't give it any thought. It's it's whatever comes out of me. I'm feeling a little lower than normal. Um, perhaps it's that we're recording it at 3 p.m. instead of our usual 10. You know. Look yeah, at that waveform up there. Look how big that Joe is. I think people like a variety. Yeah, I mean the wave the wave backs me up. We're looking at it. We look look at our uh, sound waves up on the TV. And that was a powerful Joe, whether you liked it or not. It, I, I didn't dislike it. I just, I just, I start. I'm starting. I'm noticing. I'm anticipating the higher pitched one. Yeah. And then it doesn't. Well, it go hasn't. back through the archives, Joe. You'll you'll find plenty there. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna get right into it, folks. Uh, I, as a homeowner, I have to pay property tax. It's probably not as well, it's probably not what you expected me to kick things off with. Well, but. no, this is the new direction of the podcast. Is <laughs> talking about business. Yeah, this isn't an ad. I'm telling you about something. So, look, it's Los Angeles. Things are crazy. I'm just going to give you the figure. It's shocking. Here's what it is. I'm required every year to pay two installments of roughly eight grand. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but you know, tax deductions. Ideally, it kind of comes out in the wash. It doesn't, but whatever. So. I pay them the second I get the bill. I'm like, all right, obviously I'm paying this immediately. You don't want to get in in trouble with the government. So I paid both. You pay them on two different shifts, about six months apart. I get my confirmation on each, and I get in the mail the other day notice of delinquent uh, property tax. Uh huh. Pink slip, whatever, and it says that I didn't pay it. There was an issue where as everyone has done a million times, my account number and my routing number were switched. Okay. You know how the, you just don't know which is which on a check? Yeah. I've never known. I always look it up, and I always fuck it up. So they are, are claiming, we sent you an email to tell you you messed up one email, you did not fix the error, and now you owe us 1000 additional dollars as a fine. Yeah. That's $1,000. That's your government. There's your government. That's not my government, Joe. It's I, not I guess mine. It but I was furious, and I send out an email to people, and I place a call. I'm just like, look, now that I got you on the phone, which took hours, of course. Yeah. It's like, Teresa, you have never made this mistake where you switch the accounting number and the routing number. Do you feel that that's a $1,000 mistake? Right. You have a record of me attempting to pay it on time and in full. Right. It's not like I'm dodging it. You, right. you all know that I tried to pay it on February 10th or whatever. She might have thought you were pulling a Costanza. I sometimes forget to sign the check. Yeah, Ro know, Roseanne did that as well back yeah. in the day. Um, and, you know, I, I knew full well, even though I waited on hold for four hours, even though I sent these emails, I know full well I'm paying that thousand. I, I know it. I, I know it. This woman can't give me a, sir, I do understand. But that's our policy. Didn't even give me an understand. She goes right into anger mode. We sent you an email. So you got the email. Um, I said, well, I'm telling you I didn't get it. And I searched my junk and I searched everything else. And I don't have it. Right. So th no, there was no, no, no warning given to me. No second warning. You'd think there would be a couple warnings in the situation of a $1,000 fine. Um, and in addition, I received a confirmation email telling me my payment was accepted. So you have to see why I'm confused. Sir, she kept cutting me off, wanted to get off the phone. Not an apology, not an I know it sucks, not an anything to just make it better. Right. I said, is there anyone I can talk to who could help? She goes, you can appeal it. It's going to take a lot of time. It's going to have the same result. Now I'm going to let you go. Thank you, sir, and hangs up the phone. That is your government for you. I'm just disgusted with everything. 
They, you, you saw you saw you saw the guy who got hired who uh, body slammed the reporter. Yep, got elected to uh, to governor. Yep, yep. You yeah, saw I, Trump I, push push the man out of the way so he could walk ahead of him. Saw that. I'm checked out, Walsh. I'm just I'm just I'm not. It's not my world anymore. I don't live in it. It's not. It's not our world. It, it's not. It's not ours. And uh, the whole thing about California starting its own country. Let, let's do it. Who's arguing? Who's fighting this? I, I don't know. I people, don't know. With, people with pride in America, I guess. That's not anyone here. Texas has wanted to secede for many years. But, uh, but they want to secede to be like racist on their own, or they want to have a, a well, how do they want to do it? I don't, well, that's a good question. I don't know if they want to secede for the right reasons or the wrong reasons. Right. Texas is a pretty conservative state, aside from Austin. But I just know that they want to secede, or there are many people who want to secede there. Uh, you know, this is, you know, when has when is, when is a unified country ever gotten you anywhere? It's never a good idea. I've never understood having pride in your country or America or oh, anything else. No. I mean, it's it's stupid. And any time a change happens somewhere, it's a revolt took place or something. It's, yeah, it's never because of a unified country. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, this what push you thing. Do? You know, our our mutual friend Kumail. He he posts to Twitter like, um, "Who can I just say something?" Sure. And this might be a little tabloidish. This might be a little sensationalist. He did that commencement speech at that college. Didn't see it. Uh, I saw a nice chunk of it. I texted him last yesterday. I texted him. Uh huh. Say, hey man, saw a bit of that commencement speech. Really nice work, buddy. Yeah. No response. <laughs> no response. <laughs> now you were talking to me before this podcast started about another person not responding to you i mean you're you're really kind of getting to be persona non grata i gotta be honest i texted you yesterday at about 11 a.m didn't hear back till nine i was like does everybody just hate me (laughs) i didn't know what was going on well i i was truly busy i don't know what their excuse is but um um yeah i mean kumail Kumail tweeted it and kumail lately and and it's good that he's using his celebrity for for good and not just you know dick jokes but he tweets out real men don't body slam people Real men are confident enough to use words and ideas. You know, the things that separate us from animals. It's not a joke, just a true thing. I get home. I've had a few. I had a real rough week. It's all the clouds are finally lifting. Uh, I've been trying to staff my show. It's very stressful with writers. And I, I pop off a tweet to Kamal. I go, hey, here's an idea for you, Kamal. You got a body slam coming your way, buddy. <laughs> Very funny. Send this immediately racks up, you know, racks up like a hundred likes. People that know that we're friends, and we banter on Twitter now and again. Yeah, it's very funny. Kumail doesn't respond to the tweet. Kind of leaves me hanging on it, but he's made a dramatic statement, and he doesn't want to engage in cheapening it with jokes. I assume he could have not even seen it. Sometimes us, I don't see my mentions till two weeks. Leaving later. us all hanging. He left it. Yeah, left me hanging. That's fine. But and by the way, I don't care about that at all. What I did care about is that for the remainder of the week until. I took it down and then beyond because now I get DMs. Wanna, about I want to back up for a minute. Yeah, you said I don't care about that at all. Is that you saying you're like better than me? Like I care about it, you don't care about it? Is that you sharpshoot me? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> and and if I'm being honest, I did care a little bit. <laughs> but <laughs> all right, sorry. Go ahead. I received a hundred. Mentions, DMs, etc. from people coming to Kumail's defense. Then that's a threat. Kumail, you don't have to take that threat. Somebody should report him. I hope you're not scared of this deplorable Kumail. He couldn't beat up an old lady. Oh, my God. Then the, the things. So wait a minute. An actor says something he truly believes in and you threaten to body slam him? Do you think you're better than him? And I, I was just reading this and... I don't, I I mean, forget living in America. It's hard to even really want to live anymore. It's, listen, all of you, all of you, shut the fuck (laughs) up. If you want to get involved, go get involved. You're doing nothing on Twitter. You're preaching from your couch. Shut the fuck up. All of you, (laughs) shut the fuck up. I'm so tired of it. I start to to respond to like, Dicklick69 at twitter.com, you know, with an AVI of, of him, you know, sitting in a kiddie pool with a sprite. 
hey, man, Kumail and I are friends. I, I'm not seriously going to beat him up. I'm also not going to make jokes if Kumail had been like, hey, uh, this Manchester bombing is a bad thing. Yeah, no I'm not going to go in and be like, hey, speaking of bombing, I saw your latest stand-up yeah, special. Yeah, you know? exactly. It is a maniac who threw a reporter on the ground and everybody is okay. It's so. And by the way, everybody... Does it suck that a guy that became the governor, whatever the fuck, threw a reporter on the ground? Yeah, that sucks. That's shitty, and we, that's not what we want our leaders to be doing. Guess what? There also was a time where people fist fought. It's not that big of a fucking deal. <laughs> Jesus Christ. People used to fight regularly. It was a regular occurrence in bars, at parties, at weddings, at funerals. People fist fought. It's, it's not that big of a fucking deal. It's a it's an isolated incident. It sucks. Get your fucking pants out of the crack of your ass over it. Where I, the only way I'll differ with you here is that it is truly troubling that he was then elected the governor. Well, sure. I think that that uh, sends forth a pretty dangerous message. Sure. And then I, Trump the next day, like, wait, wait a maga, baby. Let's <laughs> do it to get like. The president approving of it is another kind of odd move. Not, not again. But. Not saying it's not saying it's not troubling. Yeah. Not saying it's not. It's what you want to see your leaders to do. Whatever. But let's stop fucking acting like it is. It, it's it's the end of the goddamn world. Jesus Christ Almighty. <laughs> People think we're gonna live in this fucking utopia where nothing bad ever happens. To what end, guys? What do you want? What do you want to live in the fucking demolition man world? Where nothing goes wrong and then even the cops don't know how to react when a crime happens. <laughs> Fucking Christ. I'm sick of it. I'm I don't even want to live in a zootopia, frankly. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one who didn't like that movie. <laughs> Boring. Everyone was like, but did you get that it was about racism? Yeah, it was thuddingly obvious from the first moment of the movie. You know, though, yeah. that's what kind of irritates Like if an animated movie or like a dumb comedy has the slightest trace of, of social commentary, no matter how obvious or poorly done, everyone nuts their pants. Yeah. Did you did you pick up on the subtlety? I did. It's because, I did. It's because I'll say this again to all of you, and I'm not necessarily saying our listeners. I'm just saying the people that fall into these categories. If you're listening, you have great taste and are probably yeah. excluded from this. The people that do what you're talking about, all of you people... It, it's, you think you're smart. You're not smart. You're no. fucking stupid. And somebody did a stupid thing in a movie and it made you feel smart. Well, you think you're special now? You're not fucking special. You're not special. You're not smart. You're not insightful. It was made dumb for you to feel smart. You were duped. You were tricked. You're a fucking moron. Go back on Twitter and fucking tell somebody making a joke that, uh, that they should be banned from fucking social media. You fucking shits. A joke to to my friend also. Yeah, exactly. Um, to our friend. Where is my text back, Kamal? <laughs> These are busy people. I mean, I, 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 what am I just sitting around here all day? Now disregard the fact that I am. <laughs> I was gonna say, uh, I think so actually, but that's fine. <laughs> um, folks, our our topic today, and we're not we're not quite there yet, but we are going to get into all things Twin Peaks. And uh, f we're focusing specifically on Firewalk with me because it's been out and a lot of people have recently watched it because they are preparing for the new Showtime rebirth of the show. Well, it has been launched. I mean, it premiered. I didn't say it hadn't. Oh, you said they were preparing. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant like Showtime was preparing for. Sorry. I misunderstood you. I apologize. <sighs> no, but they they put a lot of my friends have been like, have you seen this firewalk with me? I finally saw it for the first time because Showtime put it all on their app. And oh, I see. The now whole series you. in the movie. Um, we're not going to spoil anything, although it's fairly difficult to spoil things from the I've only seen the first three. Joe's seen the first four. But um, we'll just, be spoiling firewalk with me because that's been out. Yeah. That's your firewalk with me. We'll, we'll be spoiled, but not the new show. Before we get there, uh, let's go into uh, Pat's movie corner. Um, I have again been extremely busy. If you can start, I'll try to think if I watched anything. Uh, I've seen one or two things. Uh, I watched. Oh, and I have something for Joe Scary stuff today too. Uh, I watched a wonderful documentary on Hulu called Batman and Bill. 
Go on. Uh, it is about it is a documentary about Bill Finger, the co-creator of Batman, that never received any credit uh, or money for the creation of this global sensation brand product, whatever you want to call it. How so? Um, Bob Kane never gave him credit. Bob Kane or orchestrated a contract where he could just say that it was always get him getting the credit and he never bothered to go back to the guy that he co-created with to try to help him out. So you got to read contracts folks. Yeah. After, after that founder and after what I'm hearing now, you got to read those contracts. So it's a wonderful documentary. It's very moving. It's heartbreaking. And it's a, basically about a filmmaker's quest to figure out how to get Bill Finger's name on Batman forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, not Batman Forever. Just the movie Batman Forever. <laughs> That's uh, the one he particularly enjoyed. Yeah, but so it's a, it's a really really wonderful film. I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, it's like I said, it's a lot of different emotions, but there's a lot of hope in it. Not a word you hear me use quite frequently. No, a lot of hope in it, and uh, I I enjoyed it quite a bit. I also recently watched. Well, I purchased at Best Buy the complete series of the original flash tv show from 1990 uh who's in that john wesley ship i believe that is his name you psycho <laughs> how the hell do you know the guy's name um it's a recurring joke there's a guy who calls into the best show with tom sharpling and uh is obsessed with john wesley ship <laughs> he's a real it's a it's a real guy it's not a bit and it's he's obsessed with the work of john wesley ship all right well it is john wesley ship and he plays a great flash uh and i bring this up not i know it's a tv show but the pilot for the tv show is a movie and i thought it was a very cool flash movie it was the first live action adaptation of the flash you all know how i feel about dc uh, I think it's worth checking out. I got the whole series at Best Buy for ten bucks, so you can't really beat that. Um, and in in interesting DC news, uh, Zack Snyder, for on very unfortunate reasons, his daughter's suicide has exited uh, Justice League, and Joss Whedon is now the director of the Justice League film. Zack Snyder's daughter committed suicide. She killed. She apparently committed suicide. It just came out. Jesus Christ! So he had to exit the project. And Joss Whedon has now taken over. So the guy that, in my opinion, made the last great Marvel movie is now at the helm of the Justice League. What do you think was the last great Marvel movie? The Avengers. The oh, first boy. Avengers. All right. So, uh, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. Okay. Um, um, yeah, I, I, now that I thought about it, aside from watching those first three Twin Peaks, I have seen nothing and um, except... I watched several episodes each of. I watched several uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmitz. I have some friends who write for it. I right. just think it's a. I like jokes, people. It's a relentless joke machine, and I I can't recommend it enough in that regard. It's a it's a very similar to a Thirty Rock. Um, if you don't like a joke, you know, like just wait five seconds, and I I, I respect it. They do great funny stuff. And uh, I think it's a great show. I watched the first Master of None, and I you have to on the flip side call that show a drama. I think there was no attempt at humor in the, in the premiere, and um, you know I, it took me a while. I finally shut off my brain to just say I'm going to watch something. I don't need to be angry if a comedy isn't funny. You know, um, sure. I'm just gonna because that, that's the world we're living in now as well. But it is strange. It is strange that these things are praised as like the best comedy, your transparency, your master of none. But there, this this has been discussed before. I'm, I'm not breaking new ground. The Martian winning best comedy, you know, mm-hmm. the, comedy is an art, and I feel like we're we're cheating and we're not being fair. That's all. I agree. I would agree with you. How about that? Appreciate it. Uh, I also saw. For the second time, I hadn't seen this since I was in college, and I was very high when I did see it in college. But I purchased the Criterion Collection. Well, actually, I got this for Christmas, and I just had finally watched it. The uh, Criterion Collection Blu-ray release of Island of Lost Souls, the original adaptation of uh, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Uh, it is on Blu-ray. It looks pretty phenomenal for a movie that was made in 1932. You're only going to get so many pops out of the out of the print but it looks great 
Uh, I've seen it. I own it. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I love an old movie. Very, very cool movie. Um, H.G. Wells hated it, said it was a bad adaptation of, uh, you know, it was just a a shock uh, adaptation of his work. Uh, fans of the book agree that the movie, the book has never been properly adapted. However, that this is the best adaptation. It, look, it's 70 minutes, people. You're in and out. <laughs> it's an hour and 10 minutes. It's a black and white. It's Bela Lugosi. It's creepy. Uh, and if you read in the booklet that came, that comes with the film, you find out some interesting history about the movie, including the fact that uh, during original screenings, people were vomiting. <laughs> Boy, things have changed. <clears throat> yeah. So, uh, uh, that's pretty great. And then, uh, as we segue right into Joe scary stuff, uh, recommendation for our good buddy, Ken Hanley, formerly of Fangoria, uh, Ken, hello, we miss you. Uh, he recommended I buy the scream factory edition of black Christmas. Cause I was saying that it was one of my favorite horror movies, uh, per his say. So when I was in a very drunken state, I did buy it. Right. Uh, I received it in the mail, forgetting that I had purchased it, and it is a uh, beautiful 2K restoration of the film. Tons of very cool special features with interviews with the old cast and everything like that. Scream Factory really does it right. If you still haven't checked out their stuff, go check them out. Great. Yeah. And now, on, I wish I had a thing for you. like a, like a like, Somebody suggested one that was good, and I'll have to look it up and find it. It's on the Facebook page. But... um. It's all right. We'll, we'll just move on. Well, this is where it would go. And yeah. It, uh, then I right. could kick off this part with your thing. We're little by little finally landing on kind of a format of the show. Like the way we just did it by accident actually makes sense as a format of the show. Yeah. A little talk, movie corner, scary stuff into the discussion of the film. But somehow we've never done it correctly. The last couple times we have. We just forget sometimes. Yeah, that's true. Um, we are going to talk about all things... Twin Peaks. Um, people, uh, at least if I'm looking at Twitter, hated it. The new one? The new one. Well, wait. Let's wait for the new one. Let's start with Firewalk with me. That's no? Right. All right. Do you right. think? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I think we've discussed the show on here before. My thought of the show itself is you have a, a pilot that ranks with some of the best of Lynch's movies especially in its unedited version. You got a first season that's pretty phenomenal throughout. Lynch leaves and the whole thing falls to shit. I mean, I, I didn't feel they had anywhere to go but up. The finale of Twin Peaks is pretty good. But, um, I mean, they just completely lost the way. There was a, a six-episode arc about installing Venetian blinds in season two of Twin Peaks. Uh, isn't that in season one? Where the eye patch lady keeps talking about her Venetian blinds. I believe that's that's got to be two, but maybe think, I'm wrong. I think that's one, man. All right. All right. Uh, but look, season two has the multi-episode arc about Miss Twin Peaks, the yeah. beauty pageant. You're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. The thing with season two of Twin Peaks, it's not without uh, any redeeming qualities. It's just very apparent that the guy that was behind it, the mastermind, has left. And now it's a bunch of people trying to figure out what they think David Lynch does. And it doesn't work. It's not. He, he is the only one. I mean, there's been lots of attempts throughout the history of movies and TV for people to emulate it. And it, it doesn't work. I mean, he, the man seemingly so normal is insane. And I always wonder, like, what is his day-to-day -day life like? He's into meditation. Is there a drug element that we don't know about David Lynch? He seems very innocent to me. And he he's looks big, great. He was in this new one. He looked like a. Yeah. He looked twenty years younger than he is. He he's a big smoker. I know. Yeah. So I mean, I should say big, but like in the bonus features on the Blu-rays, he's smoking fairly yeah. consistently, which makes it even weirder that he looks so great. Uh, I'll tell you this: the Twin Peaks television show in its original form, for the most part, worth checking out. It's got its highs. It's got some very low lows, but overall, pretty good. Loses its way. I would say nearly impossible to get to the end of season two. Uh, and eventually, you know, my girlfriend just rewatched it or watched it for the first time for her. And I was with her until we got into those season two lows. And I basically told her, you know, you're fine just watching the finale and watching the movie. And that's what we did. Well, yeah. And that's the unfortunate thing. 
And it's and it's only a, an issue. It's more an issue, or not just an issue of people trying to emulate Lynch. It's an issue of bulk. It goes yeah. from an eight episode first season to like a twenty two episode second season. These are hour long episodes. I mean, it's it's yeah. too much. Well, it didn't I mean, need to this be. this Showtime Twin Peaks is is sixteen, I believe. I love it. I do too. I do too. But I love uh, it. So far, so but then so that brings us now. Lynch returns at the very tail end of the series and then says, "Folks." Rest easy, fans of the show. There's a movie coming. Firewalk with me. Oh, it's a reference to the poem yeah. in the thing with the Laura Palmer and Bob. Oh, this is exciting. It's going to be a prequel. It's going to tie up all the questions and loose ends. And he drops this movie. A movie that, uh, and I've mentioned this recently on Dana Gould's podcast, Quentin Tarantino said, after I saw Firewalk with me at Cannes, David Lynch had disappeared so far up his own ass. I never wanted to see another David Lynch movie ever again. Yeah. I, I don't think Tarantino was at a point in his career where he should have been taking shots at a master like Lynch. Sure. But um, but I don't think that's a far off statement. No. No. Uh, I watched. I rewatched Firewalk with me again recently. I did too. Uh, I remembered it being frightening and, and interesting when I saw it when I was younger. Again, probably in a drug-induced state of some kind. Uh, what were your initial thoughts upon rewatch? Um, it's a flawed movie. I watched the deleted scenes, which were cool and almost, you know, almost a whole other movie in themselves. I think Lynch. My buddy works at Showtime, and no, no one at Showtime had seen the new show. They just knew like his original thing was something like forty hours. And he was like, I'll edit it. You'll get the episodes. Just leave me alone. And they left him alone. Right. Shoots way too much. Um, I don't know if he thinks things make sense. I mean, he he's had movies that do, certainly. But they're challenging. Firewalk with me, to me, makes sense. And I think it's gotten a lot uh, better treatment by critics as the years have gone on. Because it is like a frighteningly accurate portrayal of like what a woman must go through when her father is routinely raping her if you look at it as just a portrayal of that um it went to places the show kind of only hinted at the show was always this weird mix of comedy pasted over this story of a teenage girl being raped by her dad a couple times a week it was that it was it was schmaltz yeah it was melodrama yeah and I felt that all of that had been taken out of the movie. When we talked about it on Dana Gould's show, Dana Gould said it went from being the show that was weird and funny and scary and the thing that you felt like it was just for us. If you got it, you got it. If you didn't, tough shit. To a movie uh, with, that was two hours of hard incest. <laughs> and I was like, that's yeah, true. That's, that's, pretty much, that's, that's, that's pretty much what it was. I mean, what I always like the most about David Lynch is the, the darkness. I think that... Um, he goes to places that no one else does. So Firewalk with me, especially in watching it again. I mean, there were several moments like, and, and in the reboot, by the way, where Heather and I would be sitting on the couch and just look at each other after a scene like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, it's really unsettling stuff. There's about a 30-minute scene in the Roadhouse bar where that fat guy is like, you know, tr trying to fuck this, her. And this, that, yeah. That to me is is unbelievably strong powerful great filmmaking it's not something i want to sit and watch all the time that's that brings me to one of my problems with firewalk with me all right because if you'll remember when we were shooting the pilot your pilot Pat, yeah which i think critics will compare to firewalk with me right right it's sort of a multi-cam sitcom version of firewalk with me right yeah i agree when fire we laugh with me i'll call it <laughs> Uh, when the, the first or second day of rehearsal, I came in and I said, I rewatched Firewalk with me last night and I said, I'm done. I'm done. I don't think I'm going to watch the new Twin Peaks. Oh, I said this to you. Yeah. And, uh, and you said, why? And I said, the goddamn fucking movie. It's too much. And it was just too much. And that brings me to one point that I had. Nobody was want do respect yeah. To the character and the actor. Nobody was watching Twin Peaks going, I want more Jacques. <laughs> I want more Jacques. Can we have a storyline that really is Jacques heavy? <laughs> <laughs> the, 
That's true. And then I, they, they make the storyline, and then it's him, like, fucking Laura Palmer in red lights, and it's just, like, gross. It's like, I don't want to see yeah. this. It's disturbing me. And then they didn't get some of the biggest names from the show. You know, that was the other thing is, uh, you know, What's-Her-Face wasn't in it. Lara Flynn walked. Lara Flynn Boyle. I mean, I, I didn't care. Why, why wasn't she in it? I think it was she just was like, yeah, I'm going to go be in, like, Men in Black 2 and all this other big shit. Oh, yeah. She was in, like, The Temp and doing her own starring. Remember The Temp? It's like Basic Instinct, but with a temp. Oh, God. It was one no. of those early 90s erotic thrillers. Sounds terrible. It wasn't great. Um, she's in Wayne's World as well. She is in Wayne's Hi, Wayne. World. Runs into the car. Yeah, I, I, I think, I, look, there have long been rumors that Lara Flynn Boyle is not the easiest person to work yeah. with. Yeah. So I feel like the fact that she and Michael Anderson are not back in the new series is uh, proof of that, you know. Uh, I, I feel like the only way Michael Anderson is not in that Michael, new... Who's Michael Anderson? He's the, 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 the little person that talks backwards. Oh, okay. I mean, the only reason that I can deduce that he is not in that is because of some kind of contractual dispute or something. Is he alive? Yeah. Yeah, he took to Facebook, like... To be like, yeah, well, people were being like, you are Twin Peaks. Why aren't you in it? He's like, the producers seem to think differently. Wow. And I was like, how? This- no offense. How stupid do you have to be to not just go do the fucking show? What, what is he doing? Is he a realtor now? I don't know. I don't know. Like, so I'm just like, this has got to be that that hat. He Again, probably asked for like a million dollars. We're not. This isn't really spoiling anything about the new show, but they they spend a good amount of time in the Black Lodge, and the yeah. fact that he's not there is like you're like, why is he not here? It yeah. clearly wasn't a writing choice, right? <laughs> he's not here for a reason. Anyway, well, and you know, I saw Bob. Who they cast Bob. So in, in the movie, we learn that, and it's it's sort of up to interpretation in the movie. Ray, I think Ray Wise. Should have been nominated for an Oscar for Firewalk with me. He's incredible. He's and, great in it. And uh, what's her name? Cheryl Lee. Forgot She's something. great in it, too. Just a nightmarish <laughs> like state of mind to have to get into every day for both of those actors. But it's a no. What do you think? Do you think that Bob truly is a demon who possessed her father and and, and raped uh, raped her through him? Or do you think it was an excuse? No, I think it was a demon that possessed her father and raped her. And not that they have said anything in the new show to say that that's what's going on. Right. But I will say the new show is going to such crazy areas that I'm like, I'm like, yeah, that's that's what happened. Like that. Like Bob is some kind of. Yeah. Well, it's I mean, look, you're going to watch the show. You're going to know this five seconds in Bob possesses Dale Cooper. Right. That's not what I took it from it. No. I didn't get that at all. Okay. Maybe I just missed it. I thought the kind of tan Bruce Campbell looking uh Dale Cooper is is in a way possessed by Bob. Well, he might be. I think that let's, that's what we're supposed to take. That's, that's what I took. Let's revisit that. All let's right. finish Firewalk with me and we'll, let's revisit that. Because Bob is, this is the good part about Firewalk with me. Bob is a big part of it. He's very scary. Yeah. He's very creepy. And Bob was like a sound guy. That, yeah. That David Lynch was like, you look creepy. You should play the part. Now, I was I was bothered he was not in the reboot and then I learned that he is dead. Victor Silva. He died dead. of AIDS. Oh, boy. That's terrible. Yeah. In fact, r- like right after Firewalk with me. Yeah. I mean, it. He, I, I, there are still times when I close my eyes and see Bob approaching the foot of the bed in Firewalk with me. Yeah, and, and this is my hats off to David Lynch, even though I'm not a big Firewalk with me fan. Uh, the man is a master with the camera and he sound, literally, and sound absolutely. Uh, I mean, he can make he can make any shot horrifying. Well, I, that's what I was going to say. It's literally a like 16 year old girl's bedroom, right. and it's just this guy. St- behind the dresser no makeup he's not like creepily misshapen in somewhere it's just a guy behind the dresser yeah and for some reason it's fucking horrifying often discussed on this show the the winky's diner scene in mulholland drive when the homeless man comes out in broad daylight from behind a dumpster probably the scariest thing i've ever seen showed that to two of my my, friends brian and crystal who you know showed that to them the other night when we were quite a few in the bag we, uh-huh. we, had, we had a few drinks and neither of them had seen it 
And uh, I thought Crystal was going to run through the wall like an old cartoon (laughs) character. (laughs) You showed him the movie or the scene? We were just in their living room and it was late. And I was like, have you ever seen this scene? It's the scariest thing I've ever seen in my life. And they were like, no. So we put it up. We found the scene on YouTube and put it on. It was nice in the reboot to see uh, that guy who tells the story at Winkies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of old faces back. A lot of new faces in the reboot. Um, that reminds me of the old uh, Oscars joke of uh, Johnny Carson. He was hosting the Oscars. He goes, uh, it's nice to see a lot of uh, old faces in the crowd tonight. A lot of new faces, too. Hell, there's, there's a lot of new faces on the old faces, frankly. <laughs> It's, it's great. I now, miss that style. Of now, joke. let me ask you a question. How long have you been working on that Carson impression? It's ju- just now. Just now? I used to do it all the time. Was it great? Is that what you're saying? No, no. <laughs> I was making a joke about... I, I, I was hoping you'd be like, every night I stand in the mirror for 20 no, minutes. No, no, no. I've done it before. I used to love doing with my, my dear friend Dave Feeney, who was my coworker years ago. And we used to love putting three like 70s names together to do that Karnak thing. So we'd be like... Lonnie Anderson, uh, Dom DeLuise, and the Iran-Contra hearings. You know, like, whoever could... Right. could I, I don't know why it was funny, but it was funny. Would it you have the punchline, too? Or no. Just, just the setup? Just the setup, yeah. I'll tell you, I, I often go back and watch those old Carmack things yeah. and on, like, YouTube and stuff. They're so expertly written. Like, yeah. it's enviable. Yeah. It's enviable. You're like, Jesus Christ, these are so tight. Yeah. Uh, anyway... Now, the end of Firewalk With Me wraps up in a, you know, in my opinion, especially for something like Twin Peaks, a little too perfect a bow. All the hints and weird clues that you had seen through the series, the talking bird and and who was in the cabin and how was Shelley's husband involved and all these things. It all just kind of finally is laid out. This is exactly how it went down. This is where she died. This is why the body washes up on this shore, blah, 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 blah. My question is this. Do you think that Lynch knew all along this is exactly how it's going to end? Or do you think he, as he went, he's like, wouldn't it be weird if we put a talking bird in? I'll figure it out later. (laughs) I I wouldn't be surprised either way. I think that he probably did not know what was going on. But most people's grievance with Firewalk with me is that we finally thought we were going to get some answers and we didn't. But Firewalk with me does answer quite a few questions. Well, it shows you who killed her finally. Yeah. Um, but her dad. But they also get the dad in custody in season two at some point. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm confused. I mean, it, I think mo- most people who don't like David Lynch are approaching it from a tell me a linear story that I can understand at all times. Most of the tweets I saw on Twin Peaks, I was like, well, you're dumb. Or this isn't for you. Like, I, I I sit down just expecting to have a time. Almost like I'm I'm in a dream. That's really what he's doing. He's kind of recreating that feeling of a dream. You lurch from one thing to another. Maybe it will make sense. Maybe it won't. Maybe it does make sense. Maybe it doesn't. I describe every Lynch movie as a fever dream. That's good, Joe. It is good, isn't it? Yeah. That's how I describe them. I'm serious. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, even 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 the 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 one about the guy on the tractor. It's just a wild. I love a straight story. I never saw it. I'm just kidding. You but I really imagine it's it. pretty straightforward, right? Oh, very much. It's just rated G. <laughs> it's rated G. But that guy, Richard Farnsworth, who, who shot himself, shot himself. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Not in the movie, just in right. real life. He was in like unbearable arthritis pain i mean it's yeah. not like i don't know why you why you were just laughing about i'm not I'm laughing himself, because but. it's this beautiful this this man who has just a hellish brain creates this beautiful g-rated film that's like uplifting and then, <laughs> and the, then guy the guy shoots, shoots himself, himself right, right after right, right. um no farnsworth also great in misery um, oh yeah as like the old sheriff but uh yeah straight story is an amazing movie that too few have seen i love that movie uh, I will check it out. It's on the uh, David Lynch collection on my Showtime app, which, by the way, consists of Fire Walk With Me and A Straight Story. <laughs> it's its its own tab. It says the David Lynch collection. Yeah, Showtime seems to kind of uh, <laughs> just kind of cobble together whatever they can get. I watched the premiere. That is another thing I watched, the premiere of I'll, 
What's the new I'm show about dying up here? I'm dying. Is it any good? <sighs> Not really, man. I mean, it, it's the the opening is 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 the Boogie Nights ripoff. They're walking a walking a drink through the club, and then. Like if they didn't write in the script, we're ripping off Boogie Nights. Then they're not playing fair. It was the, the exact same opening tracking shot, introducing people in the '70s club. Um, I don't the, know if I can sit through another show of the, like comedians going. When you're up there, it's the greatest feeling in the world. Like it's like oh for Christ's sake. And sakes. you're a comedian. Yeah. I mean, I, I have I haven't done it in in too long. I can't even really refer to myself as a comedian anymore. I I I, I go in and out of it. I've been out for too long. But you're a comedian who is sick of it. Comedians. That's how I make my bread and butter. If, I know. You know, I don't mind saying. Comedians are, are sick of these shows. So what, how in the world could people across America not be like, I'm not watching another show about comedians. They, there's more shows about comedians than doctors or lawyers or cops. I Now, I was sort of, I think, sort of close for a role on that show. Okay. Which and one? I, uh, I'm dying up here. Which role? Oh, there was an asshole comic, and I was pretty close on the it. Andrew Santino role? I don't know, because I haven't okay. seen the show. But, uh, but you know, in reading the excerpts from it and stuff, I, I enjoyed what I read, and I met some of the producers that were very nice. My friends are in it. I'm friends with Andrew. I'm friends with Al Madrigal. Um, so, you know, I wish everybody well with the project. I hope it goes well for them. And like I said, what I read seemed pretty good. But I will say this. Comedians are ego-fucking-maniacs. The last thing they need is something else celebrating them. Their whole life is celebration. Yeah. You get on stage, you're celebrated by the audience. You're getting laughs for saying things that people would get fired from their regular jobs for saying. You're hooking up with people that are so far out of your fucking league, it's, it's, it's laughable. Right. You're getting overpaid to do essentially nothing. Like it, it's the, the last thing comics need is another one of these fucking documentaries like it's just so tough out there on the road and you don't know what we go through and it. Shut the fuck up. Seriously. I mean, Jesus you, Christ. You, the truth is, you don't know what anyone else in the world goes through. Like, what are exactly. you talking about? Exactly. Oh, oh, is it tough on the road as some lady wakes up at 5 a.m. to take three buses to her 7 a.m. Walmart clock in yeah. to feed her six kids? Shut up. And you sit in a hotel room for 18 hours and then talk for 20 minutes and leave. And here's the thing. If you don't want to do the road, fine. That's fine. I get it. If it's not for you, fine. Yeah. But stop. stop. It doesn't have to be committed to tape your, your plight. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is the, the real thing of like this girl can't quite connect. And then they're like, but um, why don't you talk about yourself? So then she's up there and she's telling a few jokes about this and that. And then she's like. Let me tell you about what's really going on. And then everybody's howling, laughing. I mean, I've seen that scene 40 times in the last year, probably, <laughs> on television shows. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a bad show. It's well made. I wish them well as well. I'm going to watch episode two. I just kind of feel like uh, we've, we've hit a real saturation point with comedian shows. Oh, can, I sh can I show you this real quick? Yeah. I, I did this to a... I showed this when I was on a date recently, and I showed this to a, to the girl. I said, uh, "This is one of my favorite things ever to see in a movie." Uh, for those of you at home that can't see me, I'm miming a phone right now. It's really convincing. Yeah, I, I love this gag in a movie. Ready, baby, baby, I love you. Everything is going to be all right. We're going to sign the deal, and it's all going to be great. Okay, come on. Would I leave you hanging? Absolutely not. Okay, kiss, kiss, bye, bye. Click, schmuck. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Now she said that's only been like in three movies. I'm like, no, that is like a classic. It's in there all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, uh, well. Anyway, new Twin Peaks, like we said, we're going to keep it spoiler-free. This is the best spoiler-free review I can give of this new TV show. I've watched all four episodes. Lynch, not only Lynch, but Twin Peaks is back. I oh, rue the sure. day that I said I was going to tap out. I regret saying that. The show is fucking phenomenal. Um, the one thing we will say, because Pat sort of gave it away, um, and again, this is something you learn very quickly. There are multiple Agent Coopers who are very, very different shades of personalities. 
One of them might be possessed by Bob, apparently. I need to go back and rewatch that now. Um, I think so, by the way. I, I don't doubt it. I just I might have just missed it. Yeah. There's also... Uh, this hasn't happened to me in many years. There's also a nude scene that got... I mean, it, the, the, the woman's body was magnificent. It burned into my mind, that coffee girl. I had two. Are we talking the white girl or the black girl? Well, both are astonishing. But I, but the, the, I love that Lynch is still doing it. I mean, when, when, so when you're seeing that, that let's just be gross. That coffee scene, because she comes in all nerdy and everything, and then she strips down, and you're like, holy shit. The the girl in the in the glass room, yeah. Yeah. I don't know why you're calling her, because she brought coffee. She brings the coffee. Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch that scene and refer to it as the coffee scene. No, the coffee girl, I'm saying. Okay, Because yeah. she always brings the coffee. You know, she, can I freak you out? I know she was like a child actor or something. Yeah, she was the little girl in the hand that rocks the cradle. <laughs> I, I never saw that, so oh, thank okay. God I never saw it. This was yeah. my first introduction to her. Uh, I had to look her up and see that, but that the 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 nudity in that scene was really something spectacular. Um, it and Lynch t- really always takes me back to like the high, the junior high days where like you're seeing a butt and a thong, then you're quickly seeing the butt, then you're seeing a side boob. And it's all just planned beautifully. Like, it's way more effective than if she had just stood there full frontal nude. I agree. It, the, that's the reason it's staying with you. It was like... It, I agree. It was just a... He does well with... I mean, who hasn't cranked it out 45, 50 times to that scene in Mulholland Drive between the two ladies? It's a rough one to just sit there with yeah. your pants on through. But, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah, and then there's the, there's the black girl uh, My, who is... Uh, ridiculously hot but she does play a prostitute so it's right. a little less of a of a switch yeah um, no, but i mean but she's that's the insane. thing that's the thing is that you, you're seeing her and i was like wow and i, I was just like lynn lynch will indulge that like 80s t- teen movie porky side of you like, <laughs> I'm, i was looking at her and i was like look at that butt from the side yeah oh my god becky look at her butt I was very into it, and I was like, I'd like a better look at that butt. But I probably won't get it because we're in a modern day, and nudity isn't really in movies and right. TV much. And also, movie. your fiancé is sitting next to you. That's, that's so correct. So you can't pause it and that's pull out a microscope. Um, but then Lynch cuts to her walking down the hall, full frontal naked, because he knows people are going to want to get a better look at this butt. And yeah. he's right. He's and right. I said, thank you. And then we cut back to her in the shower. And, um, you know, I'd say once an episode, Joe and I get a little gross, but it's a celebration of the female form. And Lynch makes you not feel creepy about it, um, except, you know, he was w- very criticized by Siskel and Ebert in Blue Velvet for having uh, <laughs> Rosalini walk in completely naked. They found that exploitative. But well, you know. I just he he's a man who knows what he's doing with with sex and nudity and with everything else. It, it just feels good. I, uh, I the best review I read of the show is this is not or this is not an effort in nostalgia. Twin Peaks, the revit, the return is a celebration of Lynch's entire career. You're not just seeing elements of Twin Peaks. You're seeing elements of everything Lynch has ever done, including Eraserhead, which I agree. A lot there of Eraserhead. A lot of weird Eraserhead moments in it. The, the show is terrifying. It's funny. Yeah. It's erotic. It's unsettling. It's confusing. It's 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 everything that made Twin Peaks good. I would yeah. say, I would dare say, it's better so far than the original show, only because now they're on Showtime and they can push the limits more and get even fucking crazier. So I, I do really love it. I mean, the the Lynch is still using like music that would be you know like like Nicholas Winding Refn, who we have agreed on disagreed on a great deal. Who Nicholas Winding Refn? He did Drive. He did uh, yeah. You know, no, I like his D. music. Well, yeah, I'm saying. Wait, it, is he the director? Yeah. He's the oh director. no, sorry. But no, I, mean, I like his directing. I don't like. I thought you meant the guy that did the music in Drive. Sorry. No, but I mean that guy is a big Lynch head. Like, there's a lot of David Lynch in his movies. The way he sets up a shot, etc. Um, but you know, he's always got the coolest, hippest music in his movies. And Lynch, who's like 70, just does the same thing. Like, Every, there's just like incredible music. There's like weird like metal in it. There's weird. Uh, 
you know, of course, like Everly Brothers type shit. The Chromatics play a song. I think that was the Chromatics at the end of one of them. It was. Every episode ends in the bar. What's that bar called? The Red Hook or whatever? Yeah, I love those those two. They were basically ripping off the Everly Brothers, but I, I just love the full song at they the end. They were great. And, yeah, every episode so far at least ends with a band playing in that bar. Yeah. And they just, it's they're, they're performing in the bar for the characters in the show. Right. But he just ends with the actual performance instead of just going to black with... He lets the credits roll over an actual... It's a very interesting choice. Yeah. Uh, it is, though, sad, though, because as soon as you see the band, you're like, God damn it. It's over. Yeah. Well, but we have so many to go. Yeah. I still have one waiting on the DVR that I'm dying to watch. Yeah, and the reveals... Some of the reveals of the original characters are just so great, and it's great. Yeah, it is. I I loved it. I can't really tell you what's going on. The the room the, with the glass box, that when that thing started talking on the stick... Yeah, that like that was very eraser head ish. That kind of like almost like a pod speaking to him. Those those were the scenes where, you know, Heather and I were like, uh, like, it just makes you feel like, should I be watching this? I, I'm terrified. And, and I will say this. This is not a spoiler in any way. Uh, and I believe it does take place in episode four. But when uh, who's the secretary in the police station? The blonde, you know, poor man's Victoria Jackson. I don't yeah, know the blonde lady yeah. that's married to the dumb cop. Dottie. I don't yeah. know what her name is. When there's a scene where their son shows up in episode four, and it is it is my favorite scene so far in the series, and I was howling laughing. All right, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, so now you told me, though, that a friend had told you that the scariest thing he's ever seen was in like the first or second episode. Well, so a critic wrote that. What do you think that, it, that well, was? Well, I don't want to say, because it's a very cool thing, and I think the, the, the listeners should it, just All experience right. that. Because when I saw it, and I think I know what it was, I was yeah. like, Oh shit! I think that's what he was talking about. Because that there's a I don't want to ruin it. It's I, something, there were a few really horrifying moments yeah. in there. I just didn't know which one you meant. Or he I'll meant. tell you off off All the right. air. That's fine, uh, folks. That's our show. Catch me at Joe DeRosa Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you all for your five-star reviews of this show and my albums. Thank you for helping me pull up the album ratings for the dregs of those troll reviews. I appreciate it. Uh, I got a lot of tour dates coming your way. I will be in June in San Diego at the American Comedy Company. I will be also at the Clusterfest in San Francisco. I will also be at the Stress Factory in New Brunswick, New Jersey. In July, I will be at... Uh, the Punchline Comedy Club in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I will be at Cap City Comedy Club in Austin. And in August, I will be in Amsterdam at the Something Festival. It's escaping me right now. But I believe Kyle Kinane and myself will be co-headlining shows. Nice. So, uh, Kyle. so I'll see you out there. I am at the Patrick Walsh on Instagram and Twitter. That's all we really got, folks. I, I think... Um, as I said, coming up, I would expect a uh, Kingsman Secret Service episode. I would expect a... What's the big movie coming out? Uh, we got Wonder Woman. We got Ooh. Pirates 5. Ooh. We got to do a Wonder Woman. Even <sighs> All right. Yeah, I guess there'll probably be a Wonder Woman. And um, we're, we're not ne neglecting a request. I, I keep seeing Lost Boys come up. I think that's one that we'll do soon. Um, and I'll keep you updated on the on the Facebook page. Thank you guys very much. We'll see you next week, and we'll see you in hell. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>